So, what's your poison? What do you drink? Okay, forget I asked. Vodka. Vodka. When do you drink vodka? Whenever. A lot? Tons. Is that why you're here today? Why are you here? Why are you here? Everybody and welcome to the Nightfly with me, Dave Juskow, the podcast everyone looks forward to on Tuesday morning. Taping this on a Sunday morning when it's possible that that idiot Tiger Woods could reclaim the Masters. Let's hope not. I- I'm not sure who still likes him, but uh, they started early today, so I uh, just did, I wanted to do the podcast a lot earlier, obviously. But I needed to take a nap. I'm exhausted, people. I'm exhausted. What a week or two it's been. Jet setting across the country. Coming back, immediately getting down to business and having fun at games in the process. Coming up with ideas and schemes and things to tell you about on the night fly. Fun stuff, everything. Recorded, written down. The thoughts, the things, the eating. Oh my god. Thought it was getting better, but it's it's not good. Oh, there it is. So yes, let's uh, begin. We have a lot to get to today, so why don't we just uh, start it up by saying hello, and uh, thank you for having me as your uh, podcast listening schedule, and uh, today will be uh, no exception of fun and greatness, as I uh, as r- said two weeks ago, regale you with stories, fascinating stories from La La Land. Um, had to be by myself today. There's just not even any bit of time for a guest. We may be here for three hours for all the stuff I have planned to tell you today. The 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 news, the updates, the breaking news. It's all here on the night fly. I guess I should have still been playing that music. But yeah, here we are. So I will just um, actually begin by telling you what happened to me this weekend, and then we'll go backwards. And uh, because it's just, I, I don't know, it's just, I guess, fresh in my mind, or I was just, you know, when I was thinking about, like, how will I, how do I organize this, this week long of events? Let's just start with Friday. And I got a call from Jeff Ross, the Roastmaster General. Some of you may have seen us on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter in his motorcycle-like car, the Batmobile. More to be explained on that later. But, you know, the problem with this guy is I'm sitting at work on Friday. I don't have any plans because I got something coming up, and I'll tell you about that later. And, uh, you know, after I have, this is what happens all the time. After I have a huge meal, uh, you know, for lunch, 
because it's Friday and I know I'm not going out. This guy always calls. It doesn't matter what day it is. Always texts around, you know, four or five o'clock. He's like, you know, dinner. And I'm like, damn it. I would have organized my lunch differently if I know I was going out for dinner. Um, so I was like, sure. So I left work. It was raining the whole day. It was absolutely horrible. You know, I heard for, for the, you know, this, I, I'm taping it Sunday. It comes out Tuesday, so we'll know. I like to watch who wins the Masters. You know, that's exciting. But usually you can tune around 6.30, 7 o'clock. They started like five hours earlier because it's supposed to like be terrible rain. And the Masters hates going to Monday. And can you blame them? What kind of ratings do you get on a Monday afternoon or a Monday morning? You know? So they should probably think about just having the Masters on Memorial Day weekend. But they, they, the Masters, they're very strict. They're very strict. I saw another black guy they let in. That's nice of them. <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't care for anybody that's not white. I mean anybody, you know, blacks, Jews. They I saw some Indian guy or no, a, uh, a Japanese. So I guess Tiger Woods broke the mold. So then I saw a Japanese amateur and a black guy and I'm like, "What is happening?" The masters are masters are loosening their belts a little bit. It's unbelievable. But um uh, yeah, it was raining. Friday, so I get, you know, it's just started, it was off and on, off and on, and I took the city bike down, because, you know, I work on Fifth Avenue, Jeff lives on Fifth Avenue, so there's no good way to get there on a Friday afternoon after work, so I had to take the city bike, but it was raining, but I don't mind, you know, it was just just a light drizzle, and I got those new shoes, I think I told you, like, the shoes I was wearing, for some reason, they, (laughs) I looked it up, they weren't water, they're like, oh, these aren't waterproof, so I got some new shoes, they were great. I think they're old man Rockport, so that's a little embarrassing, but they're great. Um, they, you know, they. I didn't get them to be waterproof. They just are like a man's shoes are supposed to be. So the whole night, although it poured, I was dry. I was like in, uh, I'm kind of dying. I said, you got to wear socks. You got to wear clean socks, comfortable socks. Because you're trudging through that Vietnam jungle and the water and stuff. You just want to make sure your feet are dry. That is a thing. Even if you're walking through the the harshness of New York City and not the Vietnam War. No matter what those two things are. Even though one is very different from the other. Clean socks is a thing. Not just clean. You know, dry socks. Now I know for sure. I mean, after having those shoes, every puddle of water I stepped in, I was like, Oh, I'm like, no, I guess that's what happens when it rains. No, it's not. That's not what happens. If you have a good pair of shoes, you're going to be okay, kid. So I drive down there on the bike. And then, uh, so then, you know, with Jeff, you know, he's like dinner and I'm like, sure. And then, you know, there's always like 10 people at his house when you go. So now I expect it, even though I think it's just going to be me and him. You know, you get there, there's like five people working on something. I mean, he's always got something brewing, you know. But then the director of Bumping Mics was also, the, he was coming to dinner with us. But he doesn't tell you, you know, so you're not prepared. So I'm in the elevator with this guy. He doesn't know who I am. I wait until he gets off the elevator. You know, it's just the two of us. And I'm like, hey, hey, I'm going there too. Hey, how are you? Um, you know, I don't recognize anybody. And then I realize who he was. And Andrew, I can't remember his last name. Great guy. Uh, you know, invented the movie phone, made $90 million, and then didn't pay for dinner. I mean, he's not expected to pay for dinner, but, well, I, 
you know, you know, you know, you know. 90 million. Everyone knows it. You know, you could, you know, you know, not not to be Jewy, but 90 million. Come on. That'd be you go out with Jeff Bezos and he doesn't pay for dinner. I know he's not, but I just, you know, I don't know it, but I seem like an okay guy. He's taking out Jeff. He's t- it, we're with his son, Jeff, and me. So he's taking out his son and technically a client. You might as well pay for him. It's not like he paid for the other guys either. We all split it, including his son. Talk about Judaism. What is that all about? That was surprising. I mean, I was just, you know, I... Uh, I pick up the little things. This was not horrible, but I pick up, you know, Jeff and I had lunch out in L.A. I picked that up because usually Jeff does pay for me. I don't expect him to. I'm just saying some of the little things you pick up when you know somebody's got a bunch of cash. Now, we know how much this guy has because, you know, you can look it up. He invented movie phone. He sold it. I think it's $90 million. Something crazy. I, you know, I had a sandwich. Eh, come on. Anyway, more on that later. Well, no, actually, not right now. We went to Katz's Deli. Katz's Deli, right? That's all I need. This Jeff, he doesn't care what he does. We go to Katz's Deli, which I've only been to twice. You know what that is. That's like pastrami and corned beef, like the heaviest food on the planet. It's delicious. Pastrami, corned beef. I got a side of baked beans. That's all I needed. I knew I wasn't going out with anybody. Um, coleslaw. Oh, oh. Actually, one of like that right now. It was delicious. Jeff got a Reuben that looked amazing. Uh, and it was good. And uh, it was fun. And then, you know, me and that guy just talked about, you know, how crazy David Tell is. Because, you know, if it wasn't for me, bumping mics would not be what you see. It would be a disaster. Yeah. No, no. He knows. He said, thank you for letting me know ahead of time that David Tell is crazy. And uh, even though he's the greatest comic of all time, don't let him touch any footage anywhere because his editing skills, well, he doesn't have any. He's out of his goddamn mind. So thank you. And I say you're welcome for making your project work perfectly. You're welcome, everybody. Now you can pick up the check. <laughs> Whatever. Um. Yeah, so we go to Katz's Deli. It's already raining already. You know, we're walking. There's no good way to get there. I don't want to be in a cab. I like one. Thank God Jeff likes to walk. Uh, so it sucked that it rains. You know, it just sucks. And But that was delicious. And then, um, you know, the check, the bill came, and then the, the guy was getting a salami up uh, on the thing. He's like, let me get a couple extra salamis before I go. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. There's just so much Judaism involved. I don't know why. It just sounds like, yeah, i get a couple extra salamis to go. You know, we go upstate, put some salamis together. Don't worry about it. Salami and eggs. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm still a little off. I, I think I'm still sleepy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if this podcast is going nowhere. I feel like I need to cut the first 10 minutes. It's really going nowhere. Yeah, I don't know why I opened with this. It's just it's stupid. So uh, anyway, then we had to, they left him and his son and, uh, you know, and the son works for this guy's father, like the grandfather. It's like some sweet magic deal that they all have. 
that I don't have, that Jeff never had, but at least Jeff worked it out on his own, and I'm a bumbling idiot. Uh, then we, we had to walk back to Jeff's house, which is so annoying, and we stopped at my, we saw my friend Vincent, who works at the Bowery, and he was telling us, because I had to keep stopping with the rain, uh, and you know, he started telling us about the play All My Sons, because you know, me and Vincent and Larry Moss, we always see shows together, so we were talking about theater, and he's like, yeah, we saw All My Sons, and he's explaining, you know, Vincent's 70, and he's explaining the plot of All My Sons, you know, <laughs> I think Jeff is not having any of it, and he's just like, yeah, so, you know, the one son comes home, he's a lawyer, and he's trying to get the other son, his father is in, you know, he's explaining the thing, and he, and, and Jeff's so funny, and, and Vince is great, but I'm just saying, Jeff's so funny, he's like, well, I don't know if you saw the all-black version, and it's called uh, Who's Your Daddy? Uh, <laughs> of the Arthur Miller classic, All My Sons. Jeff Ross, zing! Who's your daddy? Or who's my daddy? Whatever it was. Hilarious. That's the best. See, that's the best when somebody's a professional comedian. They come up with something really good, and even though somebody is not having any of it or whatever, the other person doesn't think you're funny or whatever, you can't help but to laugh. The guy's funny. I can't help it. The guy cracks me up. So we go back to his apartment and he calls some, you know, you know, now this is me making some 24-year-old, I mean, gorgeous girl, but another 20, yeah, my friend's coming, you know, she's 24, she's gorgeous, I mean, stunning. Um, And it's just so funny because then later we went to meet my 24-year-old friend, you know, I mean, look at us, look at the two of us idiots. With our 24-year-old friends. <laughs> we're so stupid. But I guess that's why we're friends. Um, so he wanted to go down to the cellar and do a spot. I just wanted to stop at that bar and hang out. And that's what I did. I just, you know, I was like, if I'm down, I just want to drink. I didn't want to go to the cellar. I wasn't in the mood. I don't know why. I don't need to. I don't have to. Uh, I will tell you this. Uh, the June 4th show at the Comedy Cellar is... Uh, you know, 80% uh, put together. June 4th, Tuesday, June 4th, the the Tony, uh, not Tony Award show, it's the Tony, uh, what, what would you call it? Uh, inspired program. So it's just, it's pretty much just an all gay show and your pal Dave Jeskow. Uh, well, just an all gay show. And at the comedy, at the Village Underground, Tuesday, June 4th, it will be... Salazzo, we have to do this bit every time. Me, Salazzo, McCluskey. No, it will be me. It will be Rick Chrome, obviously. Uh, it will be Judy Gold. It will be Jessica Curson coming off an amazing turn and crashing. And we will have Matteo do an actual set now that I've seen him do a full 45 minutes, I feel completely comfortable in having Mateo do an actual set. He's terrific, and he's obviously a great person. He sent me a video. I don't know whether it's available yet. It was like a private Vimeo of him dressed up like Judy Garland, even though he's got the mustache, which kind of creeps me out, But and just answering these questions. And he has this one bit, because I don't know if you're going to be able to see it. It's called like 70 Questions with Liza. Did I say Judy Garland? I meant Liza. Manelli, if I said that, I'm sorry. I hate when I listen back and I'm like, oh my God, why didn't I correct myself? Because I know you're doing the same thing at home. 
It's Liza, you idiot. He's doing Judy or is he doing Liza? What's the answer? It's Liza. And you know how I love his Liza. And he's just being interviewed in this house. And she, she, he, this world is so difficult. Um, She's about to go down the stairs and uh, she just falls down the stairs. And it's really funny and it's surprising. And then she's like, no, that's how I get down the stairs faster. (laughs) I've never missed a song down at Studio 54. I used to do it all the time. Um, So that's very funny. Uh, anyway, yeah, so Curson, Gold, Gold Lane, <laughs> and uh, I've asked uh, this guy, Mike Vecchioni, hasn't responded yet, I don't know why, it just seemed funny to have the ungayest guy I know also on the show, uh, and of course myself, trying to get Andrea McArdle, uh, the original Annie, to, you know, so I can do the FDR version of Tomorrow, oh, come on, Wallbox, let's go now, uh, when, when I'm stuck with the day, that's great. Or we'll have her do anything. I mean, come on. The original Annie? Come on. Dave Jusko wants to see Andrea McArdle. He wants to hang out with Andrea McArdle. Dave Jusko loves Andrea McArdle. The original Annie. Dave Jusko spent $200 for him and his sister to go see the original Annie perform shit. He can't help himself. And the best part about all that, her and him and Paul Rudd and all the people, we're all the same age. We're all the same age. That's the best part. That's the best part. We're all the same age. Now, all the people you liked in 1975, we're all the same age. It's unbelievable. Just didn't think that was the case. I don't know. Two, three, you know. I'm the same age with the Brady Bunch kids. It's a miracle. I'm going to run into them. You'll see. I'm the same age as Cousin Oliver, Robbie Rist, as you know. Um, So... So then, yeah, so I hung out there, but then Jeff came back, I swear to God, and then he goes, do you want to go to Katz's? Like, he wanted a second, oh, I'm like, Jeff, you're you're kidding, right? I was looking, I'm like, you're kidding, right? You're, you're kidding, but you could tell he was not kidding. And that's the worst part is like, I'm done with eating now, I'm not going to eat when I go home, at least that's one thing I do, but... He he wasn't kidding. And I, quite frankly, I think he could have talked me into it. No, we'll get something different this time. I think he could have talked me into it. Why not? Oh, but thank God we didn't. So my friend from the office, you know, Caitlin called. She's 23. And she's like, hey, we're out at this bar. And I go to Jeff, do you want to go? And they said it'll be funny. He goes, yeah. he's This guy's always up for a party. I am reluctant to go to the Lower East Side to party with 20-year-olds because... Although I am old and I usually feel old, going to a party at the Lower East Side will make you feel really old. The Lower East Side is just all 22, 23, 24. I mean, basically by the time you're 26, you're too old to even live there or hang out there. So that's a tough one. But we went in. Going in with Jeff is different. So we went in. Then it turned out like it wasn't. They were like, oh, you know, this place does suck. It turned, But we were already there. But everybody was thrilled to see Jeff. So it was exciting. I mean, it is exciting. He's a great guy, too, and he's a good friend. And, you know, we just had a couple of drinks, hang out, dance a little with the just our girls. And there was plenty of room. Nobody bothered us. And then Jeff had to go because Jeff had to go to, like, a, a wedding. No, he had to do a gig in Austin, Texas the next day, and he had to he had a flight at 6 in the morning. I think he was trying to stay up all night. He definitely would have hung out with us some more. He, you know, he never wants to go home, but he had to. So then we left that place, and they're like, oh, we're going to go to this other place called The Hair of the Dog. Oh, you know, that ain't going to end well. 
there's a line outside. I didn't even, I was like, we got up to the line, you know, they're all checking IDs. I don't go to the guy. I'm like, so can I just give you my Metro card? Or he's like, you think I don't need to check your ID? And I'm like, I don't know. And he was like really nice and he didn't make fun of me or anything. We just had a good time. And in fact, the next day, I don't remember what I said because I guess I was pretty drunk. And um, my friend texted, she's like, oh, um, Remy said you said something funny to the bouncer. What was it? I'm like, I, I don't remember. But uh, so then we went to that place. Now, that place, that place, the reason why I opened with this story, I mean, that place, yeah, no, I was old. The funny thing is, all right, so I was old. I was, you know, they all, I was with these three really pretty girls and we're dancing. We're just in a circle by ourselves. But this is a scary thing. First of all, they, I'm sure they think I'm their father. There's just, I don't know why they wouldn't. Um, and the, you know, but, but the funny thing is being 30 years older than these girls, it's the funny thing is being 23 or 24 and going to those places with people, my own age, even then, uh, being, I suppose in the eighties, I still felt like an old man then. So it's the exact same feeling I've just always felt older than everyone else. I When I would go to those places, it didn't feel right for me. I never felt I was one of those young people. And, and I don't know what that means or what that, which is odd that I do so many things with young people because I just never have felt young. I'm not trying to reclaim my youth. My youth wasn't like that. I went to those places, but always felt out of place. So the feeling was normal. In fact, it's better to be older now because now I have an excuse for feeling that way. But um, no, nobody really gave me any shit. Nobody was like, hey, what are you doing with your father? You know, nobody, nobody was like that. But I will tell you this, and it must have been about 2.30 in the morning, right? So the I would say the ratio out, you know, kind of overlooking the whole place, I would say the ratio of men to women was probably four to one, four guys to every girl. And it was terrifying. Now, the girls, I don't know whether they notice or not. I don't think they do. I think they're in their own other world. And we're just dancing and we're singing. We're having a good time. But I'm looking around and I see the leering, you know, the leer. I'm with very pretty girls and the leering of the boys. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. Now, I don't. I'm going to guess it's because it was late at night and everybody was totally loaded and they're just, this is how it ends. Because I used to say, when I, when we used to all go to gay bars in the 90s, like with Sarah Nattel and my friends, my gay friends, when we used to go and hang out, I made up a rule that said, I don't want to go to one of those bars after 1 a.m. because then it gets, the leering happens. So I think I got to make a new rule if I'm going to a bar like that. I'm not going after 2 a.m., because the leering, they're not leering at me. I know this. But like watching the girl, then if you want to feel like a father figure, well, that's the time. I'm nervous. I'm like, how the hell do you girls put up with this? They don't even notice. They're in another world. They're enjoying themselves. They're not looking at boys. If a boy comes up to them, they'll definitely talk to them, which happened. But they don't, they're not looking around. I'm taller than them too. So I can feel the leering when we're you know, going around in circles. Like if you, if, you know, if there was a camera and we could do a, a 360, you would see it. It's, uh, it's, 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 
it's terrifying. It, you, you would you don't know what movie you'd be watching if you were done. Like, is this a comedy? Is this um, a Ted Bundy movie? What what is this? Because it could be anything. Um, and then these girls, you got to take care of them. You know, one of them leaves. I, I you know again, I got to be the father figure. This girl pays for a couple of drinks. We did some shots. She pays for it with her credit card. Signs the bill. Says I'm going to the bathroom. Leaves her fucking card, credit card on the bar. I take it. I put it in my pocket. When she comes back, I shove it in her face, and I'm like, what is the matter with you, dummy? Oh. You know, I've already had the problem with Caitlin. She's twerking. She goes, oh, I don't know. I lost my passport twerking. Your passport? Yeah, because I had already lost my license. Oh, this kind of shit drives me insane. And again, it drove me insane when I was in my 20s. There's, I've been old man just now since the day I was born. And that, there's just nothing I can do about it. I've... I'm like, what the fuck is the matter with you? What did I tell you? I take a half of these, a half of these pills. If I, when I'm sleepy, I'm doing the De Niro in Casino again for some reason. But uh, yeah, oh, it drives me insane. But they're still very nice girls. They really are nice, polite girls. All went to the University of Maryland and they have some sort of connection. They're all, but they're nice. They're nice. They're not, I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't be nice to me if I was unattractive at 26 or something. But, you know, they don't care. And uh, they're okay. Uh, I just got to look after them, you know. I got hey, hey, hey. Uh, so then I, yeah, I just, oh, so here's the other thing too. So the these group of girls, they hang around with these two boys who I don't like. I just met for the first time that night. And they always talk about these two boys. And I'm like, why would you hang out with these guys? They're disgusting. They're ugly. They're very unattractive. I'm like, they're, why are they obsessed with these boys they're like, everything ha happens at their places. Now, they're fun guys, obviously, and they, they party and they get drunk. Now, I had never met these guys, but they were with them, and they and one of them got kicked out of the place before we got there. Me and Jeff got there. He got kicked out, so that means how drunk he is. And then we went to the next place, and he was there, and I met him, and he was okay, but he, you could see he was loaded, and he got kicked out of that place. So what the? why would they want to hang out? But maybe... I don't know. He didn't make any trouble. I didn't see a scene, but they definitely kicked him out. But here's what they also, then the other kid who seemed like he might have been normal, um, when he was finished with his drink, he just threw the glass on the floor. He just threw it on the bar floor on purpose. Not to break it. He just dropped it because he was done with it and didn't feel like putting it down. I, I've never seen anybody do that in my life except... I think, what was that movie with Daniel Craig with her, you know, Big B or something? I, I can't remember. It's a, They made a sequel. They're on heroin or something in the soccer. I don't know. I, I just never seen anybody do that before. Why would you be friends with somebody like that? That's, I, 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 I it's just so, un, it's so, what? They like these? These are the kind of boys they like? fucking idiots that throw a glass on the floor like it's a what what who would do that i mean let alone just the danger of uh somebody you know tripping on it or cutting themselves obviously i got a problem with glass but that was just really i mean am i am i am i being stuffed st stuck up i mean i i, I don't you know what what is this uh, the blues brothers where you throw the beers at the the chicken wire I mean, not, not even in, in the, the toothless world of the South do they even do that. I think they're polite enough to at least put the beer on the bar before they leave. 
I, it's it's what does that take? Twenty seconds to go to the bar and drop it somewhere, or put it on a on a shelf like I did with my beer. It's very strange. I don't like that. I do not like that. So that was Friday night, and then Saturday, yesterday, uh, I decided I got to go see my mother. I got to go see Rhoda because you know I hadn't seen her in a couple of weeks. I got to go, and then I and then Atel. Attell is moving, so he had, you know, remember he used to do a show called Dave's Old Porn, so he had about 500 old DVD pornos that he wanted out. I said, it's possible my cousin Frankie could sell them, so I'll take them off your hands, you know, and he's like, oh, that would be a real big favor. Like, he was so happy. It's so funny. I'm doing these little mitzvahs, as we call them in Judaism, uh, for these people by just taking stuff off their hands they're so grateful this is what i should do as a business um remember when they came to aunt judy's house she's so happy she's just been putting stuff together so we can go back and do it again atel was so happy that i took these two boxes from my got my car down there i took the two boxes and i just did it the best part would have been i was on a cart you know he wasn't there he was at a wedding if you can believe that too atel um and i was taking him down the the ramps, uh, the handicap ramps with the cart. And I was just like, if these, if the bottom drops open of these boxes, I will die. You know, <laughs> because there's all these people walking around. He's like around the Times Square area. It would have been so humiliating. But, um, yeah, it was so, people are so grateful when you just take a bunch of stuff they don't want off their hands. They're not even looking for money. They're either going to throw them out. They're just so grateful. So that's what I did. And then uh, Rhoda and I went to uh, lunch. We had a little lunch. I, now And then I hung out for a little bit, but I told Cousin Frank I need to be at his new house, uh, you know, before five. And then I was like, no. So, so I was at Rhoda's from like one to four. But I know that's making her angry. That's not enough time. But that seems like plenty of time. And then, oh, my God, we met some friend of hers in the diner. Like, oh, my son finally came to visit me today. I mean, what an asshole. This is what Beth's been telling me about. She's been doing nonstop, just like bad mouthing us. I don't care, but I don't, you know, the only reason we care is because we're pretty sure the other people's parents don't come every day or, you know, I'm pretty sure if they come at all, they probably come once a week like I do. What is that? Uh, Oh, so I'm trying to decide, uh, what to eat, you know, I'm having a hard time because, you know, I wasn't really that hungry because I'm still full from the cat's deli and a little hungover. And she's like talking and I'm like, I can't answer questions right now. Just keep talking about Hadassah and uh, while I'm looking for this. And then, uh, you know, because then I could just go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, so I wrote this article. Like, so She totally went with it. She's like, yeah, so I wrote this article and I couldn't decide. They said they need more, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, I will have the Western omelet. Um, it was perfect, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so then I went and I, uh, to cousin, so I saw cousin Frankie and then I saw uncle Frankie and then I saw, uh, cousin Joe, cousin Joey. <laughs> I saw the entire Messina family yesterday. Cause then we went to big Ed's ribs. So now that I had Katz's deli and I go to a diner and then I go to Big Edge Ribs all in a 24-hour period. That is not conducive to losing any kind of weight or possibly living past 55. Big Edge 
all-you-can-eat ribs. So I took a picture in front of the pig, and uh, I will uh, put that out on Easter Sunday. (laughs) Happy Easter, everybody. Um, Big Ed's all-you-can-eat ribs. Oh, I mean, it was delicious. But, I mean, come on, you got to, oh, this horrible eating happens. Meanwhile, Tuesday and Wednesday, I just had cucumbers and carrots. Because you have to, right? Otherwise, I'm I'm going to die. And then we had coffee and, oh, it was great, though. It was really fun. They have karaoke night there. I recorded a little bit of it, but it wasn't good enough. Some guy was singing Hotel California. Oh, I was just trying to get a beer, and I was like, oh, God. The place is stupid, stupid. It's fighting with guns, stupid. But it was so I've been eating like a mess, and it's just horrible. And then today I'm thinking, oh, what should I have? I know I'm not doing anything today, so I wanted to rest up. I've been go go go, and then I uh, knew I was gonna, you know, I'm thinking about dinner. I was walking home from Dunkin' Donuts, and I'm thinking about dinner. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll get that pizza with the six toppings. It's a personal pizza. So I can pretty much like finish it all or just have like three slices or something. But I, you can stuff it with toppings and it's only like $20. Um, so I get, I think, what do I, I get, do I, no, what I get um, garlic and, shit, what are the top? Oh, sausage, meatball, garlic, meatball, maybe mushrooms, onions for sure, uh, black olives and, uh, not mozzarella, um, ricotta cheese. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I can't stop thinking about that pizza. And then, of course, on Mondays, I have pizza. That's what I do on Mondays. On Mondays, I eat healthy at Tommy Bahamas, and then I have pizza. And then Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, I do my best to try to eat better. Carrots, cucumbers, orange slices for dessert. You know what I'm saying? I try. I try. You have, I'm, right? Because you can't keep up that. If I didn't live in New York City and walked around, oh, I can't even imagine because you know my, I'm already embarrassed about my belly as it is. It would be it would be so much worse. But I do so much walking, thank God, so much just non intentional walking. You know, thank God I like to walk. I you know I prefer to walk long distances. Anyway, why don't we get to why don't we get to what we're doing today? I don't know how to choose between all these dogs. Hey, you, green pants. I hear you're looking for a dog or something. Oh, finally, someone who sounds like they went to college. Hi, I'm Peter. Vinny. Oh, Vinny, like the poo. Yeah, that's kind of cool. So what's your story? Well, you know, I'm just a regular guy. You throw a stick, maybe I bring it back. Maybe I bring back an iPhone that fell off a truck. So what do you say? You want me as your dog? Yeah, I think I do. Hey, just out of curiosity, what breed are you? Actually... I'm a pussy hound. Really? All right. That just means I'm one sixteenth cat. Oh, I wish you hadn't told me that. So, the first, so I, you know, so here's my trip to Los Angeles. I have a um, a lunch date with the executive high up, the one per- pretty much the person in charge of Family Guy. Now that Seth MacFarlane doesn't even bother coming in anymore, uh, what does he carry? He phones in the the voiceovers. I think he just does it in his house and. So Alex Holkin is the one in charge now of everything. And we had a little lunch date. So I go in and he says, if it, you know, if you're going to make it by 1130, you can see Patrick Warburton uh, do his recording. 
of uh, Joe, you know, for a couple of minutes if you come in and then we can go to lunch. And I'm like, oh, my God, that sounds amazing. So, you know, I mean, I always take the early flight, the 6 a.m. flight, you know, which is annoying as hell. But, you know, it gets there at nine in the morning, got the whole day. And, of course, the plane was delayed. And that's the beauty about the 6 a.m. flight. It's never delayed because of trafficking, but it got delayed because, like, the air conditioner wasn't working or something. I'm like, who cares? Let's just get going. I mean, I think at that point, everybody's like, who cares? But it, I made it in time, but it was just funny because I usually just don't care how long it takes. I'm never in a rush. I don't have anything planned at 1130 by the time I get there, but worked out. Per- you know, I knew I had to pick up the rental car stuff. I'm like, just relax. Don't get a stomach ache. Just relax. I mean, obviously, I want to see that. I want to go, but it didn't work out. It doesn't work out, but it did. And it was great. And I saw him and we talked again. And, we, you know, we talked about that. We'd seen each other at the Devil's Game and everything. He was so cool. You know, he's obviously a cool guy. And then I watched them record. I was in the booth and he was recording and, um, you know, for some future episode. Really, it's uh, it's really funny. It just reminds me of Krusty from uh, The Simpsons. He comes in, records for two minutes, gets a check, and then walks away. You know, I mean, that's pretty much what it was. I'm pretty sure he gets paid like about a million dollars. I mean, I think Mila Kunis comes in, records you know, for like three episodes at a time uh, for 20 minutes, gets a million dollars. Then you say, see you next time. Call me whenever you need me. Yeah, it's pretty in, it's pretty insane greatness. You know, he's just wearing shorts and a T-shirt, and he's just like, Meg, you know, whatever. And it's, But it was exciting. I mean, it was just me and Alec and, the, and two tech guys in the booth, small booth. You all you know, think it's going to be like so much bigger and stuff or a table read or you know, something like we did for Scooby-Doo where everybody was there. But no, it's, uh, I just come in, he does his stuff. He's like, well, see you next time. Oh, and make sure you send my check this time and make sure you give it in cash. I mean, it's just, uh, it's so cool. I took a picture. Um, I think I asked if, if it was okay if I took a picture. So I took a picture, but it was very, it was very exciting. It was exciting to touch down. It's exciting that the day before, I think, um, you know, at my job, uh, I we were, you know, in a management meeting and, and I'm interviewing for some new positions as the manager, you know, whatever, and doing all this stuff. And and, and then the next day, um, you're just, you know, recording Family Guy with Patrick Warburton. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. It's a strange tradition, I got to say, because um, that was on a Thursday. So, yeah, the day before I was totally doing that. <clears throat> and then, um, yeah, so then we went to this diner, like the 11 o'clock diner, the city diner, I don't know what it was, it's new, right down the street, it's on like Wilshire, so you can go right down, we walked down, it was great, you know, like anywhere you can walk is good, and um, he took me to this diner, right, so the guy who was seating us was like kind of rude, and I think he might be the owner, so I ordered, it's supposed to be like a Katz's Deli, but, you know, it's, not, but that's kind of the thing, but it's much more cleaner and nicer. And the waitresses are ridiculous. I mean, they got it right. You know, it's like one it's one of those places where they still have where if you have a friend that says, oh, could maybe my friend could work here. It'll be one of those places where they just don't give a shit. And they say, is she hot? Because you that's clearly the standard of what they're going for, you know, at this place. They are very pretty and what you're expecting in Los Angeles and obviously what you want out of any waitress, right? <laughs> Unless you're at Big Ed's because then you really just don't, you know, the older, the fatter is uh, the better, I think. Like, 
I'd go with the all-you-can-eat combo. That's what I like. You work here. Can't you just eat whatever you want all the time? Oh, yeah, I can. Uh, anyway, so I had the Reuben Reuben because the guy's name who sat us was named Reuben. So I said, well, I'll try the Reuben Reuben because that's what the waitress recommended. Well, I'll have that. And then I figure, like, he's like, Alec goes, this guy's always mean to us all the time. I said, I'm going to fix this for you since you're working down here. I'm going to put this together for you. So you're going to get seated like the king you should be seated as when you walk in here. It's ridiculous that you weren't given the respect that you deserve. <laughs> I really felt that way, too. I'm like, well, this guy, maybe you don't know who this guy is, but you should know who this guy is. He also wrote Ted. Ted is amazing. So he's obviously very talented, very funny, and we just absolutely share the same sense of comedy. Obviously, he wrote Ted. That's the greatest movie ever. And of course, you know, he wrote that scene that we like in Ted 2. Hey, I'm starving. What the hell are you doing over there? I'm curing cancer. I'm cooking your fucking steak. What do you think I'm doing? What, what do I think you do? I think you're bleeding us dry is what I think you're doing. Look at this. Look at this. $129 at Filene's basement. What are you buying over there, Tammy? Gold bars? I need clothes for work. All right, Teddy? What do you mean? You, you wear a smock. You're a fucking cashier. Yeah, so are you. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not I'm not going out and buying designer shit. Oh, I'm not no, walking, no, no, I'm not no, going no. Into You're just buying weed. You're just buying drugs. You should fucking talk. I was talking. I was just talking just now until you interrupted me. Well, I had to interrupt you or else I never get to fucking say anything. Are you going to let me finish You're talking? You're always cutting me are off. Are you going to let me finish talking? You know what? It's are important to look good talking? at work, are you okay? Gonna let me fin- I am trying to climb the corporate fence here, Nobody's in there to look at your ass. You're acting like an asshole. Oh, what am I acting like, Tammy? What am I acting like? Like an asshole. You don't got to dress like Elizabeth Taylor to put a yam in a plastic bag. I am the face of the business. Jesus, right? Right. Listen to you. You're delusional. I should have married Robert Zuchico. I really should have. Fine, fine. Go torture that asshole. Oh, he treated me good. And he had a dick. He had an awesome dick. Newsflash. Boston whore has seen Italian penis. What the fuck? Oh my God, I could listen to that scene a hundred times. That is so goddamn brilliant. It's so funny. It's just, I wish the rest of the movie was that good, but um, uh, that's so funny. And sometimes, you know, I love yelling at people on the street. Sometimes, like, I'm always hoping they're going to know the scene. I just think that, yes, why don't you shut up, buddy? And then I just, like, uh, you want to do, but, you know, they, nobody else knows the scene but you just hope like you can just yell at somebody and then it's all forgiven somehow i don't know that just makes oh it's so funny and uh so anyway this guy guy that writes a scene like that needs the you know the respect he deserves so after we finish lunch i go up to the guy and i'm like hey that was terrific you know because anybody that's going to be a little mean i'm gonna i'm gonna try and work it out it's just 
I have to because I'm such an asshole. I, I got to make sure I, I want people to like me. <laughs> so I go, I'm like, oh, boy, that was, hey, I had the Rubens Rubin. How you doing, huh? I had the Rubens Rubin. You're welcome. And he's like, oh, thanks. I'm like, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it was so terrific. This place is great. He's, and then all of a sudden, he lightened up because I had the sandwich named after him. He lightened up. He goes, oh, do you guys come in here all the work? I'm like, yeah, this guy works right down the street. And he's like, oh, let me give you a couple of menus because then you can, you know, we also. And all of a sudden, everything changed. And so now, um, you know, next time he goes in, he'll be seated properly. You know, in the back because he's black. I'm kidding. How are you? He's <laughs> just like, have to over extend when people don't like me um but that was awesome oh and then we went back to um family guy and he got me this great tote bag this adam west elementary school i think they're i think they're don't you know adam west is dead so they think they're gonna make a thing where they name the elementary school after him or something so he got me this tote bag adam west elementary school which i very excited about then we went to the writer's room and they have the original captain kirk captain's chair in the writers' room, they took a couple of pictures and that, and it was very exciting. Being because I've been watching those Star Treks all the time on Netflix, they're very entertaining. But the original captain's chair—it's exciting. And then, of course, you know, I always say, um, you know, after I think of the captain's chair, I always think of the captain's mess, and uh, you know, then I always think of this. Tomorrow we land. Good. How could that? Where are you going? A darn way. And tell the crew. Well, if it's the captain's mess, let him clean it up. That's right. I say that on a daily basis whenever uh, the, somebody mentions the words captain. Well, if it's the captain's mess, let him clean it up. And then sometimes I, and then I like to go further and do the song. Back the rabbits at the flame. Let's cut his ears off. Hi, fellas. Here's your lucky rabbit. I mean, how do I enter a room like that all the time? Hi, fellas. Here's your lucky rabbit. <laughs> and then I wish I could sing this song. I just got to get a ukulele. Good news. We land tomorrow. Oh, Columbus is the America. As we sail the sea in 1492. We have the crews all into it. Queen Isabella gave her jewels to her fella so Columbus could sail across the ocean blue. So long, men. See you on the beach in the morning. <laughs> That's all I ever want to do in my life. <laughs> I got to carry around a ukulele around so I can just sing songs like that. Because then, of course, as you know, or if you've seen that episode, um, he's on the ship, the, uh, you know, Christopher Columbus, and then it turns horribly wrong in the next seat. You know, it's basically they're doing the sitcom, and no land, and then the crew is ready to kill him again. So hilarious stuff. Because it's, it's the captain's mess. Let him clean it up. So anyway, after that happened, I went to Sarah Silverman's place, and she said... Oh, did my manager call you? And I said, no. Why in the hell would your manager call me? And she said, I need you to open for me on my tour for a few dates. And I'm like, what? After what happened last time? Um, and she goes, well, nevertheless, <laughs> I need you to open anyway. 
I'm like, well, I, I guess. Uh, you sure? I mean, really, I, uh, so that's happening. I'm opening for Sarah Silverman once again at these 3,000-seat venues on Thursday, July 18th at Pier 17 at the South Street Seaport. I think that's an outdoor venue, so I'm praying for rain. Friday, July 19th at the Sands Casino in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I think I said that like Bugs Bunny. Bethlehem. No, Daffy Duck. And Saturday, July 20th at the Borgata in Atlantic City, which is extra hilarious since I'm thinking about going to see Bumping Mike's, Jeff and Dave, in Atlantic City on Memorial Day weekend where they're playing the music box and I'm playing the next month the big room the bigger room, which is extra, just should not be, but that's the case. We're playing the event center. I thought it was the music box. I'm like, well, I've, I can, I can, I like that room. I feel comfortable there, but no, it's the bigger room. Oh my goodness. And then, you know, as it came out, she's like, oh, by the way, I'm also doing the cat skills. Can you do that date? But it's on Passover, but it turns out my sister and me are having, we're not doing the first night Seder. Seder's two nights. Uh, just didn't work out because my mother's birthday's on the second night, so we're making a Seder birthday, and she's the only person that would actually want to have a Seder on her birthday. So on Saturday, we'll do the Seder. So I asked if it was a permission, can I do the open? Now, I figured by July, maybe I could work stuff out. But we are talking about if this comes out on Tuesday, this is this Friday. I need to do like 10, 15 minutes at Grossinger's in the Catskills. No, I don't know. It's some casino up there. And they're like, no, she really needs you. I'm like, oh, all right. I, You know, I think the problem is she knows I do these shows at the Comedy Cellar and she's doesn't live in town. And, she, well, I suppose everybody must have that. Thing, but but you, they made you the featured event on the Comedy Cellar. So how can you not open a show? And I'm like, it's it's complicated. <laughs> Ugh. I mean, this is how, when you're saying, why is his life like this? You would say it's all some form of perception. I don't know how to describe it. But the good news is, there's no good news for me, but the good news is that the show is great because it's all my friends. So it's me. It's not just me and Sarah, thank God. So I don't have to do like a half hour. It is me, Sarah, McCluskey, Solazzo. Listen, as old as that joke gets, there's no way I can do that without putting that in. It's like Tourette's. So it is me, Sarah, Marina Franklin, my pal, and Beth Stelling, Colonel Beth Stelling, who is the one that wrote Crashing and put me in Crashing and fought for me in the next season on Crashing and because she had to fight so hard and they wouldn't have me, she quit the show because if you're if Dave just got in it, I walk. So I love this girl. I mean, this is the woman I want in my life, Beth Stelling. Oh boy, do I like her. The only person who's fought for Dave Juskow. Well, no, I mean Sarah's probably like that too, but just not enough. But that's all right. I don't know Beth Stelling that well. And she's gone to bat for your pal, Dave Jessica, and I like that. 
as in Marina, when I was talking to her yesterday, she goes, well, you're the reason that I do. You're the one that told me, I told Sarah she should use me. And I'm like, I did? That doesn't sound like something I would do. So that's the show. So, so, <laughs> so performing for 2,500 to 3,000 people is, well, let's see, that's about 20, 2,700, no, it's 2,800 people more than I usually perform for at the Village Underground. Uh, so that's quite a difference. I don't know what's more hilarious than what I just told you and how it just keeps coming up. Remember, more booze than a haunted house. I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm I'm not comfort I'm not nervous about it. This happened in Toronto too. For some reason I feel like I can pull it off. But I am still getting the dreams that I'm in a play and I have I don't remember my lines because that's pretty much what I'm doing. I'm going up there. I have no material. You know, I wouldn't even play my material for you the other day because I was so embarrassed by it. But I'm going up there anyway because I'm a man. And all I say to myself is like, no matter what happens, I will end up in my bed tonight where nobody can hurt me. <laughs> I'll just, I'll be by myself watching TV. That is the way the night will end. So don't worry. And there's always alcohol, although not with Sarah so much. And then we'll just move on from there. And then we'll see if she still wants those July dates. Uh, but right now, that's the plan. Can you believe it? I can't believe it either. I think even her manager's like, I, listen, I don't know what her story is. I think the thing is, and with Sarah and with Dave and even Jeff, really, they just like going on tour with friends, like good friends. I think that's what it just comes down to. I think Sarah's very lonely. And touring for a woman, especially as we've talked about with Rachel, you know, she's having Irene open for her a lot because Irene is her best pal. Irene's like me. She stinks. But at least Irene is like, you know, she does it. You know, she does. She goes out and performs all the time. Uh, so she has the rhythm and the groove and, you know, material. <laughs> you know, nothing, none of what I have. I have maybe the rhythm and... um uh, that's about it. And if I can add in some material, boy, that'd be boy, that'd be terrific. But I just came up with a joke. The oh yeah, I was going to tell because my friend Kenny said this, so I don't know whether he stole it from somewhere. But when I was at Big Edge yesterday, I said, you know, I went to this all you can eat rib place. I'll say this, and when when there's a pig on the roof, you know that place is going to be delicious. But if that pig is wearing an apron, oh, <laughs> that place is going to be sick. All right, so is that funny? Because I'm going to say that, I think. It's funny enough, so that'll be all of 10 seconds, but if I slow it up, if I walk out, I figure it's a very big stage, you know? So if I, I, it, if I walk really slow before I get to the microphone, maybe I can kill another 30 seconds, uh, you know, just really take a, a real nice walk to the mic. Then I figure 30 seconds to just say what's up you know cat skills you know really you know milk the applause hey it's passover woo and how two-faced am i i'm working on the goddamn first day of passover and good friday well, i don't care about that so much maybe i'll just open with like we're all going to hell 
everyone here. I can't even imagine getting out of the city. You know, I still have to go to work on Friday and then getting out of the city. Oh, that's going to be a nightmare. And then I got to somehow find a way to make those matzo lasagnas so we have them for Saturday. I got to make two matzo lasagnas on Thursday night. Oh, that's what I was, that's right. I knew I had something I was going to do on Thursday night. And then I'm like, I know I have something going on Thursday night. I was going to make a date, but then my date is that I got to make two matzo lasagnas on Thursday night after work. Are you kidding me? What's going on here? So even though I've been trying to record on different dates, I still, you know, record on Sundays lately, which has been nice. But I get nervous because then, you know, if I don't record on Sundays, I have to record it like Monday mornings, um, you know, to get it out on Tuesday. But, uh, you know, I, li- I like to record after work on the week- weekdays or something like that. But I do like recording in the daytime, obviously looking out um, in the pleasant afternoon. But um, I... What was the point? Um, oh, I mean, how could I not record next Sunday? Because you're going to want to hear. Are you not going to want to hear what happened in the Catskills with me opening for 3,000 people? Are you not going to want to hear that? I mean, come on. This is what we've been waiting for. This nonsense. So those are the dates. Anyway, let's continue with our LA trip. So I'm at Sarah's and I get a call from Jeff and he goes, Hey, do you want to go? Are you listening? Have you had enough to eat? Are you sitting down? Do you want to go to the the Price is Right 42nd year anniversary rap party? 42nd season rap party. 42nd or 47th. Do you want to go? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, I guess. And then he goes, yeah, Joan Jett's going to be playing. I'm like, what? Joan Jett? That, that, that's my boy. That's my boy, Jake. Jake's my boy. That's my boy, Dougie Needles, yo, on guitar. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, my God, that's perfect. Then I can, intru- I can introduce you to the band. I mean, this is insane. So, I, you know, so I'm like, so, uh, so I go. Of course I go. I meet Jeff. Uh, I go to this bar called The Village Idiot, which I like over there. And I'm, and I'm at the bar, and I'm just having a good time, right? I'm on vacation, having a good time, talking to a couple of girls. Uh, the bartender played a joke on one of the girls and I'm, you know, so I'm kind of, you know, it's like, like a cocktail. Hey, you guys are into this, right? So you got to be, you guys are in on this. So you got to be cool, right? I mean, that's, that's what happened. It was very exciting. And then I'm talking, talking to this other girl. It was beautiful. I feel like, I don't know, when I'm in Los Angeles, I feel like I can talk to people at the bar. Nah, I could do that anywhere. Who can, who am I kidding? But I feel comfortable at that bar enough that I don't mind talking to people. It was a good time. Then Jeff came in with that guy, Kai, who's very nice. And, um... And uh, had a drink, and then we went to the prices right there. I don't know where it was. I don't know where we were driving to. I just know we were doing it. So we walk in, and it's a pretty good venue. I mean, it's really nice and everything. And they got you know buffet tables and everything, and it's nice and it's it's uh, comfortable in there. And I immediately get a drink. Everything's on the house. It's beautiful, like full bar. And I'm and I'm going. I'm going big. I think I'm going. Well, I'm I'm drinking vodka now instead of beer and uh i'm like why not and again 
I'm on vacation. What am I worried about? What am I worried about? And then the first guy I run into, you're not believe first guy. And I, I, you know, it's one of those things where you're there and you're like, well, that can't be him. That's impossible. Why would he be? Why would this guy be at the Price is Right rap party? It's pretty badass cool, right? That's like the best person to run into. But the best, of course, would have been if um, this had happened and then that song started. Why'd you do it? Why'd you waste Cyrus? No reason. I just like doing things like that. <laughs> Let's do it. Me and you. One on one? You're crazy. You're dead. All of you. And you know it. You're dead. Swan!
Joe fucking Walsh. You believe that? What the hell is this guy doing? Let's do the casino again. And what the fuck are you doing on television? Who the fuck are you, Arthur Godfrey? That's what I said to Joe Walsh. I said, what the fuck are you doing at the Price is Right rap party? Who the fuck do you think you are, Bob Barker? (laughs) I didn't say that to him. No, I wasn't sure. I was just waved. I said hello, and he was like, "How you doing?" And I'm like, well, "How am I doing?" It was like running into Bill Clinton that day in that that lobby and uh, somewhere on Sixth Avenue. And I'm like, "Hi, hi, low." It's a form of hi and hello, and you can't make up your mind. I saw it on the Big Bang Theory from the person that bought you high low. Hi. Oh, let's face it, it's Joe Walsh. Nobody's gay for fucking Joe Walsh. That ain't gay. Joe Walsh is goddamn fucking cool. He married the other Bond girl, the the other Bach girl, Barbara Bach's sister, and him and Ringo Starr are, are step, what do they call it, the, the in-laws, right? This is brother-in-laws. Joe Walsh is goddamn cool. And that song is the greatest song. From the guy that bought you that. pretty annoying right but it's hilarious at the same time or not no i don't know how do you feel about it i thought it was awesome anyway that's hilarious that's hilarious there's nothing more hilarious than that i think he was there to see like one of the first bands there were three bands then he left so then joan jett comes i mean then joan jett comes up as my boy i went backstage i go see Dougie. what's happening and that was so cool you know it's my boy and he is my boy and i love him very much and it's fucking awesome hearing him you know play you know pretty much that that you know he can play that part it's it's kind of a miracle but i mean i this song is so good you know I mean, that's him on the guitar man it's cool so we everybody gathers around for that they're showing scenes from the price is right which is hilarious and drew's drew carry drew carries there obviously and he's great guy and he was fun and uh yeah then they get up and there's not that many crowd around but then when Joan Jett played everybody came in because she really does know how to rock and and make everybody happy so it was cool so then this guy I hadn't seen I don't know in years and I loved him and we started together in the 80s his name is Blaine Kapatch he's really funny um yeah I've just liked him for years I was so excited to see him I hadn't seen him a long time he's a really good writer his best friend his best friend is like Patton Oswalt and they've been friends for years and in the 90s we all used to hang out together and stuff but it was so nice to see him he always I like him he's like Frank said a Padre he dresses he's always in a suit he's always in a black suit and a black tie he's really thin and um I, I don't know I, I I was just so excited to see him because I hadn't seen him in a long time. This is some of his comedy. I'm glad it's getting colder. Any excuse to cover up my Alaskan king crab arms is fine with me. Thank you, sleeves. One reason I'm happy that it's getting colder, fewer adult males in flip-flops. You know what flip-flops are? Rude. Unsanitary. Fucking disgusting is what flip-flops are. 
long does it take you to put shoes and socks on? Eight seconds? Five seconds, maybe. You don't even remember doing it, do you? Hey, I'm socked and shod. I'll venture out into my day. Thanks, something that happened. If you're gonna wear flip-flops, ask yourself these questions. Am I a little girl at the beach? Am I on my way to or from a shower? Do I have diabetes? If the answer's no, fucking shoes and socks for you, my friend, please. I don't wanna see your nasty ass yellow clamshell toenails. It's like gift soap at fucking anthropology. Go! Plus, plus, for your own safety, shoes and socks. What if you have to run for your life and you're wearing flip-flops? Oh my God, that guy's gonna kill me. I better squeeze my toes together and then try to run without bending my foot in the middle for any sort of propulsive leverage. Oh no, it flipped under, I'm on gravel, it's uncomfortable. My ass must look ridiculous, don't look at my ass. I don't have an ass, by the way. I have an elbow. Well, you know, I don't know. I, I find him very funny, and I liked him for a long time. And in the 80s, we used to... He, he was from Baltimore, so we used to visit each other and uh, do comedy together. And, um, you know, he got me on at the Baltimore uh, Improv, and we would spend the weeks. I'd stay at his house. I mean, think about that, right? Dave Jones got staying at somebody's house, um, and he would stay over here, and uh, we would have a... You know, we liked each other. We liked each other's company. We liked each other's comedy. And we knew every sitcom reference ever. So he was a guy that completely understood Big John, Little John. So that's why I liked him. So I went on Sunday, I went to go see him at, and Patton Oswald at Lago. Oh, Lago, darling. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, and Blaine bought out the Blansky's Beauties reference and i really believe he did it because he knew i was in the audience i don't understand how anyone else would understand <laughs> he had to do it because nobody's gonna know blansky's beauties let me just this, blansky's beauties let, let me just let me just read you the, the, the blansky's beauties came out in 1977 and it's a technically a spinoff of happy days and it was with Nancy Walker, Rhoda's mother. And the, and the premise was that she was, um, what, she was like, a, 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 she put together shows in Vegas. So it was all showgirls. And it's, it's a Gary Marshall show. Oh, is it? I don't know. Because maybe um, Scott Bayo and Eddie Mecca uh, and, and, you know, they're all in it. And Linda Goodfriend, remember that's Richie's girlfriend in uh, Happy Days. They're all. In, and and um, I'm sorry, Arnold plays Arnold from the Karate Kid. Arnold came back after he left Happy Days to be in Blansky's Beauties and play Arnold. And the weird part is, is that it they it's a, how can it be a spinoff of Happy Days from 1955, but that but it takes place in modern day 1977? Can you explain that? Why does Arnold look exactly the same as does Scott Bayo? Um, so, but you have to listen to this. Um, yeah, so Eddie Mecca's character, Joey DeLuca, was a younger cousin to Carmine Ragusa. 
Mecca's 1950s era character on Laverne and Shirley. During this is unbelievable. During production of Blamsky's Beauties, Mecca continued in his starring roles on both series. A rare occurrence of one actor, especially an actor with the range as uh, you know Eddie Mecca. Uh, a rare occurrence of one actor assuming two regular scripted roles in two different primetime series at the same time. The series star, Nancy Walker, had just finished several seasons of the same situation in which she had co-starred simultaneously simultaneously in both McMillan and Wife and Rhoda, while also maintaining her ongoing role as diner waitress Rosie, the spokesman for Bounty Paper Towels, which she continued during Blansky's Beauties. It gets better. I'm I'm not reading this just for the listen. You ready for this? Are you this Gary Marshall? Remember I told you he's a bag of shit because of the, those stupid, horrible movies he's made, which is a New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, whatever it is. No, it's New Year's Eve and Mother's Day. You know, he's trying to put the cast together. He's not a bag of shit, but I'm. You know, he really just did. This I don't know whether this guy tried at all after the Odd Couple and Happy Days. I'm just not sure. In episode one, called Blansky's Bikini Beauty. Joey introduced Nancy Blansky, that was her name, to stunt motorcyclist Pinky Tuscadero, Roz Kelly, you know, from Happy Days, who was instantly hired for Nancy's stage show. Pinky wore the same outfit as in her Happy Days episodes, though her hair was now in a 1970s-style shag cut, although she looked that she had not aged in 20 years. The show also implied a link to then ongoing... You know, why is this even necessary? This is what they did back then. The show also implied a link to then-ongoing show Laverne and Shirley. In the episode, Nancy Remembers Laverne, Nancy recalls working with a clumsy girl named Laverne DeFazio back around 1957. She discovered that despite her clumsiness, Laverne was a great dancer, and Nancy offered her a job on the spot, which Laverne declined. Pat Morita, after the failure of his series, Mr. T and Tina was added to the cast as Arnold, the character he originated on Happy Days. As with Pinky Tuscadero, he seemed not to have aged in 20 years. Here he ran a coffee shop, whereas in Happy Days he owned a diner. Morita would rejoin the cast of Happy Days, which I don't remember, five years later, while his replacement on that series, Al Molinero, would repeat Morita's career move at that time by joining another Happy Days spinoff, Joni Loves Chachi. God damn, that's a mess. At the end of Blansky's Beauties, Linda Goodfriend and Scott Bayo would join the cast of Happy Days at the start of the 77-78 season. Goodfriend and Bayo, along with their Blansky Beauties co-stars Karen Kay, the hottest girl ever, Shirley Kurt, whatever, would appear in a similarly plotted pilot for NBC uh, called Who's Watching the Kids, which I completely remember because Karen Kay was so hot and so gorgeous and when i was reading this i was thinking like maybe i'll maybe i'll put uh, karen k in the mix this evening when uh, things get serious i mean that and if, if, if further when you're reading when people like us where we're listening to this show and we know all the characters we're like how could that show fail how could blansky's beauties <laughs> fail oh and the best is what's mr t and tina well it doesn't really matter but um Listen to this lineup. This is great from one of the... Saturday is the premiere of Mr. T and Tina. Tina, 
I don't care about the body temperature of governess. Then, Starsky and Hutch fight a chorus girl strangler in Vegas in a special two-hour premiere movie. Saturday, Mr. T and Tina, then Starsky and Hutch. Starting tonight, right after Holmes and Yo-Yo. <laughs> That's my captain. Oh, see, Blake Patch would appreciate that. Starting tonight after Holmes and Yo-Yo. What gets better than that? That's why I that's why I played it. Starting tonight after Holmes and Yo-Yo. I mean, you just like you're Mr. T and Tina, which nobody knows what that is. And you know, it's the worst part, but they have Pat Morita discussing why he left Happy Days for that, and it actually does make sense. It was kind of like the same thing that happened to me where Spielberg and Jeffy Kasper comes up and goes, Would you be interested in doing a show? I mean, that's what happened. He said Bob Eisner came up to him and he's just like and you know, and, and he wasn't the president of ABC, but the president of ABC at the time, like, would you like your own show? I mean, that it's tough to pass up, uh, especially in, you know in that day and age when you didn't realize that just you should probably stay on a show. Uh, but then what they also have the same ad, but then it continues and gets better. Saturday is the premiere of Mr. T and Tina. About the body temperature of governess? Then Starsky and Hutch fight a chorus girl strangler in Vegas in a special two-hour premiere movie. Saturday, Mr. T and Tina, then Starsky and Hutch. Starting tonight, right after Holmes and Yo-Yo. But wait. This week, be with the Captain Antonil and guest stars Bob Hope. How did you get to be a diamond cutter? Well, it runs in the family. See, father was a famous brain surgeon and mother was a salami slicer. Red Fox. I'm the captain of the keyboard. Well, meet the general of the junkyard. And Carter's kid, John Travolta. The season's first new hit. It's the Captain Antonil. Monday, followed by Washington to Philadelphia on NFL Monday Night Football. <laughs> That's even better. And the, and the only thing that survived is NFL football. That Mr. T and Tina show, I want that entire episode. Bob Hope, Red Fox, and John Travolta singing a song. I want to see that show. I think I can make it through that entire hour. Now that is what we grew up on. And that is why I like Blank Apache because he appreciates what we do of all of that ridiculous, absolute nonsense. Now, the Blansky's Beauties, going back, I just have to... Um, the, the, this is the, the opening is unbelievable in itself. I'm just going to play the opening. I'm going to describe it to you. You can see it on YouTube, but I got to describe it to you because when I saw it myself, I still couldn't believe it. I'm sunshine. I'm looking for a man. Uh, that's Linda Goodfriend. Remember Richie's uh, girlfriend? I'm Arkansas, and I'm looking for a tall man. That's ridiculous. I don't know who that is. I'm Bambi, and men look for me. And that's Karen Kay, and boy, is she still gorgeous at any age. I'm Anthony. I'm just looking. And that's Scott Bayo in a three-piece suit as an 11-year-old boy. So it's all shots of uh, Vegas, and then they cut to the showgirls. Blansky's Beauties. And then they're showing the girls in the dressing room. Then they're showing Nancy Walker walking with her girls. And, and they're seeing the lights in downtown Vegas. And then there, all the girls are moving out of the way so you can see how short Nancy Walker is. Starring Nancy Walker. 
and now the comedy begins. Oh, there's Karen Kay. Oh my gosh, she just she's wearing just a little bikini. If you're 13, it's unbelievable. And here comes Eddie Mecca taking notes as Joey. There's Scott Baio playing the drums as Anthony. It's Anthony. And here comes Pat Marino with a big dog. I think the dog's name is Blackjack because he's always playing cards. Yeah, yeah, then and Blackjack, introducing Blackjack. And he's playing cards and he's already got 21. Then they show Nancy Walker showing the girls how to do it. Then they have a line of all the girls, and then they, the camera goes down, and she's like, no, down here, and Nancy Walker's the shortest out of all of them. And she puts her elbow on Karen Kay's ass and is like, hey, everybody, and that's our show. And uh, I can't believe that didn't survive, and that's a pretty good reason why, actually, when you watch it. But, um, boy, that Karen Kay is sexy. I wonder what she looks like now. I've been trying to find out, obviously. And she was in that movie, My Tutor, which was hot. Yeah, she was so hot. I mean, she was on like so many Love Boats episodes and Fantasy Islands. She was so pretty. She was, you know, Pamela Anderson before she was Pamela Anderson, before there was Pamela Anderson. You know what I mean? Not a very good actress, but certainly pretty. And of course, she was in the legendary, me and Sarah's favorite show, It's Your Move, with the great Jason Bateman, uh, which is one of the best shows ever that we remember as kids where Jason Bateman just completely was the greatest actor ever, and it was so obvious, and he kind of played the villain, and he was smarmy and cool, and his mother was Karen Kay, and this guy was trying to get in with Karen Kay, the guy who played the first husband unmarried with children, uh, and he was always trying, and, and Jason Bateman was always trying to stop him hilariously. You know, it was like, I know you like my mom, so I'm going to screw this up for you, which was really great. So there it is, Blansky's Beauties and uh, Mr. T and Tita. Followed by an all-new Statsky and Hutch on a two-hour a Vegas Strangler at an all-new Statsky and the season premiere. Two hours, all Statsky, all a Hutch. Come on, baby. So that's um, yeah. That was oh, that was Thursday night. I just gotten there. I was hammered. Then, of course, went to Del Taco. Mm, what a night. Yeah, it's funny because Jeff was like, you know, I think that girl liked you. That uh, I think she's, um, I think it's Jimmy Kimmel's cousin or something. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, but uh, I got to get to Del Taco. So what do you, you know, no? I figure if anybody can understand, it would be Jeff. Uh, I told you this was going to be a long show. I don't know. Should I cut it? Should I, should I start again next week? So Friday... I go to Jeff's and, um, you know, we have that motorcycle and it's really fun. And the first thing we do is we we almost run over Miley Cyrus. And uh, no, it's true. He, she lives next door. And uh, then the next Jeff had almost run her over. <laughs> and um, and and so we ran into her bodyguards again, and uh, we had to have a talk with them. That uh, no, no, we uh, we're cool. It's uh, it's all right. Uh, they were really nice, but it was funny that we were in the car, and Jeff didn't. Know, he doesn't know how to drive a stick, and I, I, my friend Rich Duffy taught me how to drive a stick, so I know how to do it. Thank you, Richard. I know you remember, and I appreciate that. And uh, so we, you know, that motorcycle is a stick shift. It's a motorcycle. It's a three. I don't know if you saw the you know the picture on Instagram. It's like a you know, a three-wheeled, two-person car. It's called, what's it called? It's called a slingshot. You can look it up. Um, 
And, uh, you know, you look like a douchebag in it. And we certainly looked that way. And the funny part is I definitely took video, which I'll probably post on Instagram soon, except that the song that was playing when we were doing it was this one. about when it gets to that key change part so we're driving in that thing and we're singing this at the top of our lungs he goes take a video of this we're wearing helmets so i don't i can't decide whether to put this up because we look so cool but then we're like and i forget you girl there is always something so it's just sounds I can't, I, I can't decide whether i asked jeff i'm like should we put it up we really look just gay But you love you <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa Take it, Jeff Should we wait for the key change? And I'll be there Oh, how can I forget you, girl? There is always something there to remind me Always something there to remind me Wait, it's a key change, right? No, the point is, again, I'm not sure whether, you know, if you're driving around in a really cool car and you're all Hollywood and you're going around singing this song, I, yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky. It's tricky. <laughs> it's definitely tricky. But, I mean, that certainly was fun. And then we went to lunch and we parked, you know, and stuff and had this double, what is it, double twice cooked baked potato where they... And they apparently have that in L.A. They just scoop out all the potato stuff, put it back in with sour cream and cheese. and Oh, my God. I had one that night, and then I think I had one. Did I have one the next day? No, that was Saturday. So I had, it was, oh, that's my new thing. I'm going to just make that at home. It was delicious. 
And then, no, because that night I went out on a, well, you know, what I thought was a date. I'm always wrong. Uh, with one of the girls from my old office who now goes to UCLA because that's what Jeff and I do. Um, and we went out for sushi, you know, down in Santa Monica, which was nice. And I picked her up in the car. I said, I'll pick you up because, see, that way, that way, if you pick somebody up in the car, then, you know, yeah, I've been talking about this for years. You, you're going to have your answer, you know, because you're going to be able to make the move. You pick somebody up in the car uh, you know, you have to have the kiss at the end because, or the attempt, because there's a moment there. If you're walking around, somebody catches an Uber, it's very difficult to make the move, or an Uber or a taxi, you know. Anyway, we went down to Santa Monica Pier. It was kind of nice, and went to sushi, but we did, I spent too much money. I bought these flights. You know, I like flights, but of beer, and this was flights of sake. I'm like, well, maybe that'll be interesting, but it wasn't. It was disgusting, and it was so expensive the thing cost $120 and then, you know, then add on the meal after that. So that was, you know, as a Jewish person, I was very angry. Then I couldn't continue the date anymore. I was couldn't handle it anymore. But, um, you know, it went out to the pier. I'd never been I'd never been on the Santa Monica Pier before. Uh, so it was kind of a, it was exciting, but it was also scary because it goes really far out into the ocean and it was dark. And I, I can't deny I was a little nervous and that's the kind of stuff I dream about all the time in my dreams when I'm like scared or something. So I was a little nervous, but it was nice, but it was cold. And then there was a guy on the boardwalk singing. You, you know, what was he singing? I was so excited. I got so excited. I'm like, my friend wrote that. My friend wrote that. My friend wrote that. He's like, the guy's like, hey, great, man. Can you, can you drop a dollar in for the guitar case? And that girl's like, what's the big deal about this song? I tried to do the harmonies for him. I'm going to try and hit the harmonies. So that was that. Um, I can't help it. When that song goes on, I got to do the. I got I to do it. So I was doing it with the guy. I was just yelling it at him from the. Because I didn't want it, him to see me because I didn't want to give him any money because I'd already spent so much on sushi. <laughs> well, how Jewy can one person be? How are you? Thanks for the music, jerk off. Now I'm taking off. Thanks for the freebie. Anyway, then I took her home and, uh, and I'm like, what's happening, baby? And she's like, ew, what are you doing? What do you take me for? 
<laughs> oh, come on. That's funny stuff. That, that Listen, that's funny, funny stuff. And then I wonder if that was the day that I... I don't think I went home and ate any... No, that was Sunday. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that was only so that was Friday night. Then Saturday, Sarah and I were going to spend the day together, and she's like, "Yeah, we'll go to Runyon Canyon," and you know, which means we're going hiking, um, which is, you know, fine. But uh, well, nothing. I just it wasn't dressed. I didn't know what the weather was going to be. It turned out it was a lot warmer than I thought, and. But I don't care. I'm used to walking like this anyway. So I was fine walking up the canyon. I'm used to it. And Sarah was like, why aren't you out of breath? She kept being out of breath. It's kind of funny. I'm like, I don't know. I'm. This is what I'm good at, walking. This is the one thing I can do with consistency. Well, I wasn't even, I, I, I didn't even break a sweat. It was unbelievable. And then we get to the top. But it's funny because when you're sitting there going like, I'm like, you know, you see it. And you're like, wait, we're going up there? It just seems like it's time-consuming. But then when you get up there, it is kind of great. And then you walk downhill. Big deal. The only thing is I always forget to put, you know, sunblock on. But it didn't seem to worry any. I was totally burnt. But it didn't hurt for some reason. Maybe it's a different kind of sun that they have here. I don't know. But it was beautiful. Beautiful. Then we go to Tall John's house, who is the writer for Bob's Burgers, as is his wife. And they have a little baby. So we went to go see the baby. And we go meet his father-in-law, who used to write on Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, which was a great show. So we totally hit it off. I'm like, oh, my God, that show was brilliant with Zorak and whatever. I mean, it was just, it was it was so funny. His father used to write on this really great show that I really used to like a lot. And it was funny because, you know, him and Sarah just as close as me and Sarah. And he had a, do- a, a doll of Vanellope, you know, her character from Wreck-It Ralph. And I'm like, oh, my God, where'd you get this? He goes, I bought it on Amazon. It's like six bucks. Oh. That's a good friend. <laughs> Maybe I should do that. <laughs> I should have her uh, somehow, you know, represented. Uh, but he's a great guy. So here's the thing, though. When I was with Jeff and I was with Tall John, here's the thing. It was, uh, I found out it was, Paul, well, I knew it was Paul Rudd's birthday on Saturday. So I knew that they were having a party and I knew Paul Rudd was in L.A. But we did not know if it was a surprise party. So now Jeff has a new girlfriend who's ridiculously hot, of course. If he wasn't, he didn't have the girlfriend, I would. I hate when he has a girlfriend because then I'm usually his date. Uh, but he has a girlfriend, so you got to bring her. I get that. But we didn't know whether it was a surprise. So I talked to John was going too, and he was like, yeah, we don't know. So he's like, why don't you go with Sarah? And I'm like, oh, is Sarah going? So I call Sarah. I'm like, are you going? She goes, no, I don't even know about it. And I'm like, oh, shit. And she was like angry, some sort of oversight, maybe something like that. But it's funny because no matter how successful you are, no matter who you are, no matter how old you are, if you don't get invited to somebody's birthday party, it still stings. And that's why it's funny whenever I say, are you coming to my birthday party? Because it sounds so like childish, but it's a thing. Why can't I just call my birthday party? That's what I did last year. Like I, I told him I want him to come to my birthday party. And I always cry on my birthday parties. I always have a birthday party, except for the um, milestone years. But anyway, so I was like trying to weasel my way in. So Saturday morning, I'm like text Paul Rudd, you know, my new pal. And I'm like, happy birthday, buddy. Oh, hey, I'm in L.A. You know, if you're around, hey, whoa, this guy. Well, he isn't called back. You know why he isn't called back? You know why he doesn't call back? You know why there was all this nonsense, why there could be oversights, all this? It turned out it was a sit-down dinner. So, yeah, I can't go to that. 
But here's why I couldn't go. When I found out who was at the sit-down dinner, it was, well, Jeff, you know, this is what he does. It was Jeff, it, Jeff does, doesn't count in this. It was Paul, it was Julia Roberts. It was, if they told John, he goes, like, who was there? He goes, you know, the Avengers. So it was Scarlett Johansson. It was Robert Downey Jr. I don't know why Julia Roberts was there, but I'm saying it was it was the, the cast of the Avengers. <laughs> and that is above my pay rate, people. I, yes, I hobnob with folks, but that scene is above my pay rate at this point. I, th- no, I'm not, I would not be able to handle, that's too much. That, if being invited to that, I might have to leave my job because you just can't be that ordinary a person. I'm the fire warden for my floor at my office. Like I have to go find people if there's a fire. I can't be sitting down to dinner. Oh, hello, Scarlo. How are you doing? Oh, Miss Roberts, may I say, pretty woman. I, it's just, that's too much. That's too, so I. you know what? I was kind of glad that's too much. That would be, I wouldn't even be able to give you a podcast because I would have to say, I, I'm above everyone now. Now I've gone to this new level of douchiness where I can't even put out a podcast to these ordinary folk. Yeah, that's how bad that would have been. I couldn't, I am not ready for that level but think how close it came. I mean, it's just so. But I, that that would have been too. I wouldn't have been. I can't. I can't. <laughs> it's ridiculous to even know that exists. You know, because really, you just want to think that those guys all hate each other. You know, you don't want to know they're all so friendly. It just feels like a Simpsons episode where they're all just, you know, lighting their cigarettes with money. <laughs> yeah, I don't belong there. I don't belong there so i was kind of glad so sarah and i went out for dinner uh to this place i don't know where it was and uh, that's what we decided to do and it opened at five o'clock you know they reopened and she's like she's so hungry she's like banging on the door come on are you guys opened like and i'm like what is this 10 minutes relax she's like i'm hungry now and you would think somebody who's like a you know a star like her is recognized all the time would not would want to be pretty subtle about I mean, it was funny. She was just banging on it on, as, as a joke, but it was really funny. And so we went to this place. I don't even know where it was. And uh, we sit down and, you know, we're the only ones there. And then this other couple comes in with a baby and it's this girl. Uh, I don't know if you know this girl or not. I mean, maybe you would if you see her. Tina, listen carefully. Life is a journey. Uh-huh. That's all I got. I don't have advice. I'm nine. So that's uh, Kristen Schaal, and she's on Bob's Burger. Everything I have to do, for some reason, seems to be Bob's Burger. And I've met her like once or twice. She's been around forever. In fact, she's in our favorite movie, Kate and Leopold, as uh, the girl. He's like, well, if I can't marry Meg Ryan, I guess I'll marry her. It's kind of sad. I feel bad for her every time she's in that movie. I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll go for her. Uh. <laughs> but Kristen Schaal seems to get it, and she plays those roles very well, and she seems to be a very nice person. So she is there sitting right next to us, and Sarah knows her very well, with her husband and their newborn baby. And the husband goes, hello, David. And I'm like, hey, this guy. I have no idea who it is. I don't know who it is. His name is Rich Blumquist. 
And I, I just, you know, I'm so bad with names. And he goes, yeah, remember we used to work on TV Funhouse together. You were playing the second chimp in outer space. Remember? He seemed really angry. Like, I must have done something douchey when he was just starting out. Like, now I think he, you know, has been a writer on the Daily Show, stuff like that. But I must have, I must have been a dick. The way he was acting, he was very nice, but it seemed like he was like, yeah, remember, you were the second chip in outer space. I had to keep going shopping for extra paws for you. You said you weren't happy with the paw. You remember that? Remember that, just now, you fucking prick? You're like, that's, that's the way it was coming out. And I told Sarah later, I'm like, I must have done something to this guy. I don't know. I, 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 it, seems okay. it seems like he's over. It's 20 years, but, but not so much. Like, it definitely, I must have been like, kid, I'm the second chimp in outer space. Go get me what I need. I'm going to need a cup of coffee as well. I want it hot. I will also need the next edition of the Harry Potter book, the one that's unpublished. And I need that by 3 o'clock. I'm doing uh, Devil Wars Prada right now, huh? <laughs> I must have done something like that because you know me. That's what I do. Or at least that's what I used to do back then. I thought I was tough shit. Meanwhile, when I was on TV Funhouse, I was working at the job I'm working at now. So it's always been like this. So I don't know why I would think I was better than anyone else when I was working a regular job. However, I just gotten that job, so maybe I did think everything was going to work out. In fact, the day I got that job, I said, oh, listen, I need a vacation day because I'm doing this TV show. And they were very polite about that, and that's why I knew. I guess I can hang out here. I do not want to be on TV Funhouse. What, are you kidding me? Come on. Hey-ho! Second chip in outer space. Well, I was talking to Buzz Aldrin the other day, and he said, <laughs> let's go around the big blue marble one more time. Um... So anyway, that's hilarious when you keep, you know, it's funny again with Sarah when she's, you know, when she knows like, yeah, sure, I know Juskout, you know, like she's like, how does he know everybody? Um, but that place, they had that double baked baked potato again or whatever that's called. It was delicious. I got to keep getting that. It was unbelievable. So Sunday, you know, I'm staying with my gay friends and they're like, oh, we're going to first I take them to breakfast. I feel horrible. I want to take them to a nice dinner, but I always have plans. But they don't seem to care. And I take them to Shakers where I love going. It's like a diner food, you know, and stuff. And I had this beautiful eggs, Benedict. Oh, it was. And they have in the country gravy. Oh, yeah, it was good. And then they're like, yeah, we're going to this place, Huntington Flower Garden afterwards. We'll take you there. And I'm like, huh? Yeah, I don't want. No, it's beautiful flowers. And I'm like, huh? But, I, you know, I like flowers, but this was like weird flowers. It was like flowers out of Harry Potter or plants and trees. And I'm like, I don't like these are the. These are the plants that come alive when you're, you know, here in the dark. I, I don't like this. And there are too many ju- jerk jerk offs there and stuff. I just, I, I was not. It was hot. I wasn't dressed right. I don't know. It's, um, I wasn't happy. I was complaining the entire time. I was such a dick. But I think my friend William, like you know, William from the podcast. Um, I think he thought it was funny either way because, um, you know, that's that's he's known me to do that my entire existence. I just love complaining. So. All I wanted to see was like flat, like roses, carnation, you know, the stuff that Chachi says in Happy Days. I like to work with flowers. They smell good. I mean, that's the thing. I, I, I could work in a flower shop. They do smell good. I like the pretty flowers. Yeah, they smell good. I think I want to work in a flower shop. I would like that very much. So anyway, I was miserable there, and I was trying to see my friend Mitch Watson, you know, from the, we had him on the podcast from... Uh, you know, now he's working on Kung Fu Panda, but from Scooby-Doo and Batman. And so I finally went. I saw his. he was around that area, and his kids liked me. And, you know, so I wanted to see him. So we went back, and I hung out with him for a little bit, but just for a little bit. And then I had to go to Jeff's because Jeff was having, he 
texted me, but again, it was like a surprise, so I didn't know what was happening. He had a, a little anniversary for his 30th year in comedy. Somebody threw him like a barbecue in his house. It was his 30 years, so I said, I'll come by, because I don't like going to his house with all those parties. I don't, it's too much, but I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't know he was celebrating something, so he was very angry. I got there at like 5 o'clock, and his manager was calling, are you coming? And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was a thing because I had plans with my, you know, the producer crash and we were going to get sushi. And we were going to go to Largo. His client is Patton Oswalt. So that was our plan. I didn't plan. I saw Jeff the day before. So I didn't, you know what I'm saying? I felt, then I felt bad. I didn't know it was a thing. And then I go there and it's like all these black people. It was so funny. I was just like, because Yamanika was there and Tiffany Haddish was there. And, the, and it's just funny because I just don't, you know. I don't know a lot of black people, so it was funny that. So I bring this up because if you go on, I don't remember if on Instagram, Tiffany Haddish started dancing crazy to one of her songs. One of her songs. Everybody was asking, what song is this? It's a Tiffany Haddish song. And the DJ was playing it because the DJ is the DJ from The Burn. And he's playing it. And Tiffany Haddish was really funny. And she's, I think she's really pretty. And she was dancing crazy. It's an Instagram thing of it on a black site. It's called Shade Something or Other. And, you know, they, they're they the TMZ. They call themselves the TMZ. Wait, I think I have it here. I wrote it down. The Shade Room. The Shade Room offers celebrity gossip on an hourly basis, predominantly within the African-American community. The New York Times called it the TMZ of the Internet. Um, so it's also this girl, Megan the Station. I, it's all these. And I, if you see the video, I'm in the background and it's hilarious that I'm in this clip and on this site. It's just so funny. And um, it sounded like when Tiffany's had a song, sounds like uh, this one from Bend It Like Beckham. But clearly it wasn't because it wasn't an Indian song. That's what it sounded like to me that she was dancing to because that's the move she was making. She moves good. Yeah. This is a festive wedding song from Bennett Like Beckham. Yeah, so she's like dancing around like that. But these are the comments. These are the comments I found from the shade room. This is hilarious. The white people in the back look so awkward. The white people in the back were me, Jeff, and Jeff's manager. And they were just watching Tiffany and this girl, Megan the, sta- the Stallion or something, uh, dance plus there was other you know Yamanique was there and everything who you know she's my friend but um, I didn't know the other girls and they're like this is the best comment they must be making get out too by the looks of those in the back <laughs> which is the best comment of all who are the white people whose house Tiff at things just seem real awkward there why are the beautiful black women dancing for the white people stop making a fool of ourselves where are the other black people's at those were some of the classic comments you could read on the Shade Room, which your pal Dave Juskow was on, which it doesn't make a lick of sense, but is it's like one of those things. It's like that's where the lore of Dave Juskow comes from. Like, you know, I got but the, the girl who used to work at the doggy daycare center sent me the link. That's how I knew I was on it. She goes, and it, it was like the casino again. And who the fuck are you to be in the shade room? You think you're Arthur Godfrey? She sent me the link. She goes, why are you in this video? And I'm like, kid, I told you I was popular with the kids. 
all races, creeds, and colors. It does not matter. I mean, it is funny. She saw me in the background. I'm sitting there like an idiot. I look like a moron with a giant-sized watch. That's kind of a camera. That's why I got it. So it looks ridiculous. But, oh, my God, that was hilarious. Then, you know, I finally went to Lago. I don't know if you listen to Howard Stern. Lago, darling. And uh, it was great seeing Patton again. I haven't seen Patton Oswalt in a long time. He was terrific. It was his night. And then Blaine Kapatch was there, and he was the opener. He was the MC. He's exactly doing what I'm going to be doing for Sarah. He was terrific. It was so great to see him again. I said, I apologize. I was like, really? Listen, I was really hammered when I saw you last night. I don't think your wife cared for me. She was a little standoffish. I was hammered when I see him, but I just like I couldn't express the joy I was to see him. It just seemed so gay. I was so happy to see him and just wanted to talk to him. I just really like him a lot and really like his comedy. And so I was glad to see him again. Kind of apologize for you know being so uh, tipsy the night of the Price Is Right. Show, but it was great seeing him again. He always looks good. You know, I love that look. I want to get that look. I mean, he's thin enough to pull it off, but you know, he's always wearing a jacket. He's always wearing a jacket. I think he wears the same jacket all the time, like Frank Santa Pondre. I like that look. I want to wear a good jacket that I'm I want to be the guy that's always in a jacket, like a suit jacket. I just have to buy more jackets. I need more money. And I tell you, something just came up this week, which is a disaster with the IRS and my taxes, then I'm gonna be screwed forever now. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's a disaster. I got to do more shows or something. At the, I got to do something. So that's a disaster I've been thinking about too. That takes away from all of this. And then we went to this rock and roll sushi. And uh, this is Dave Rathen. He's the producer of Crashing. And we were going, you know, he knows I'm opening for Sarah. And we were going over my set. He's like, all right, you come out. He's trying to help me. I mean, he's a nice guy. And he's trying to help me. And he's like, you come out and you say, you know, uh, you, you might not know me, but you might know me from... You know, I'm in pictures with Sarah all the time. Uh, they list me as unidentified man. He said I should come out that way. That's not a bad idea. So we were just going over stuff, which was really cool. And then we went back to Jeff's after his party. We're like, should we come back over? He's always up for a party, but it's just him and his girlfriend. But he didn't seem to mind. And then we were talking to Mark Cohen and Sherrod Small, who were in Vegas, because it was great because the time difference there is perfect, you know, because there's no time difference. And then we were talking to them just sitting in the house getting high. It was fun. And then, um, yeah, it was like fun again. And we're just having a good time, you know. And again, this is vacation, Dave Jevska, which is much different than the very uptight. I think I got to get home. I think I got to get home. I didn't have to get anywhere. It was, um, you know, perfect. So so then, uh, so then I had to drive home. Uh, you know, which isn't the, the, the greatest thing out there. But, uh, you know, you do what you do. But I'll tell you what song got me through it this time was, I think it was the Sammy Hagar one that got me, you know, the last time I was out there. But this time, and this is, you know, if you really want to get it up, this song, this is my new favorite song because this, like, got me going to... Uh, <laughs> I was like, I love this song, and it made me drive better. I don't know. I felt safe somehow. I don't know why. I love her. And then they played this when I was out with the 23 year old, so they were happy I knew the words. Well, how am I not going to? I was like, what is this song? It's a show tune. Sorry, Ana Grande. 
I like Ariana. I've always liked Ariana Grande since Victoria, so I have no problems with her. And you're gonna you're gonna mix in a show tune? Oh, come on! Oh, oh, oh! I want it, I need it, I need it, I got it, I want it, I like it, I want it, I need it. That's the only part of the lyric I know. I mean. She's so hot. I like this song. It's fun driving through the nighttime LA with this song going, don't you think? Six of my bitches, what's up, yo? Anyway, I, uh, the next that night, I remember I went to bed and I was pretty loaded and I woke up in the middle of the night with diarrhea. And then, you know, whenever I have diarrhea, as you know, I always say, whoa, whoa, where did that come from? And then you just have to, if you're in a movie, you know, you go backwards and you're like, oh, um, you know, thinking about everything. And then I got into my car on Monday and then I see... So I went to Shakers, right? So I had the eggs Benedict. Then I went to Jeff's house. I drank. I drank. Then we had sushi, sake. And then when I got in my car the next day, I saw the empty chocolate pie box from 7-Eleven and a Slurpee. And then you're like, oh, right. Let alone I drank every night. I mean, I couldn't believe I didn't have that two days earlier so i was due but it was just funny i'm like how did this happen then you look in the car oh right i stopped at 7-eleven for a slurpee and a chocolate pie because i'm insane there's just no other word to put it yeah that usually does could cause what do you call it diarrhea uh anyway so monday and i you know so 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 the the thing is uh so the, the the plan if you remember was to go to bob's burgers with my thing but that didn't work out remember i went two reasons to work out there to go to bob's burgers with the new the, the the show i had called giving harry the business but it didn't work out it just didn't work out it um you know, Lauren Bouchard came back from Hawaii. He was on vacation the week before. And then on Monday, he's like, oh, I just found out I'm going to be out of the office. And I'm like, oh, that stinks. And then I got in a fight with John. He's like, well, maybe you shouldn't have come out without a definite date. And I'm like, well, even if I came out with a definite date, this guy could have, you know, I, fuck you, jerk off. So um, I just, uh, you know, it didn't work out. But, it, but the one I didn't think was going to work out, the Big Bang Theory, that completely worked out. Dave Rath hooked me up with this guy who actually is a writer and Andrew Gordon, and he went to he went to UMass, you know, where my niece goes. And um, so we had a lot. He, this guy picked me. I didn't go with anybody. I thought Dave was going to come with me. It didn't matter. This guy got me. We were, you know, we're the same age and everything. And he took me around. I got a picture in Sheldon's spot. I got to watch them. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't a taping day, so it was just a blocking and a couple taping. So uh, Christine Baranski was there. And she was taping with Penny. I got to watch it. I taped a little bit of it. It was very exciting, you know, for me. And so I got a picture of myself on the set. I'll probably post it at some point. 
just sitting in Sheldon's spot, you know, with a with a puss on my face. Like, yeah, Sheldon ain't going to make me get out of this spot. It was awesome. He took me around everywhere. I saw the comic book shop and the Wallowitz's apartment stuff. They just, you know, they changed all the stuff. But the elevator and the way it works, you know, the, uh, the staircases and how they just go to nowhere. So they do have to, of course, I mean, I know it makes sense. We figured it out. But every time they are going up and down the stairs, they just have to start over again. Uh, but it, it was cool. But so it's so lame. They're like, you know, the show's ending and, you know, they're such actors. It's all Hollywood. So it's so funny. They have to, you know, so Penny saying her lines or whatever, and they're all the crew and the right, they're all laughing every time, you know, <laughs> you know, cause you got to boost the egos of these people. Meanwhile, you know, meanwhile they are their bosses and they're making, you know, 10 times as much as the regular folk are making. But, but then it, it's the last time with Leonard's mother and it was an emotional scene. They're like, Johnny's having a really, Johnny's having a really hard day because it's a very emotional scene for him. Um, you know, so uh, we're trying not to be in his eyeline. And then he comes out and he's just like, yeah, you know, I'm trying to do this scene. And then I saw the scene. I thought it was going to be this, you know, Broadway theater dear of enhancing like scene. And he's like, and he just hugs his mother. And that was the, it was so overrated. It's a TV show for Christ's sakes. Let's just, Get a perspective of where we are. Now, I know the whole thing is emotional because, listen, that's that's a thing. You're on a show with people you like for 12 years. You're cutting it down. I get that part, but I I don't know whether it's necessary to take a moment. You're not you're not filming Patton. You're not filming. You know what I'm saying? It's not. Uh, this scene is very emotional. It's from The Godfather. It's when we find out that you have to kill your own brother. It, it, it you know. It's uh, it's have a little perspective. So they're telling me that yeah, it's a very we got to we're trying not to talk to Johnny today. You know we're leaving him alone, and I'm like, oh yeah, 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 sure, good, sure, sure, of course, I, good idea, good idea. Um, oh, you know, then you, that's when you're just like, oh my god, I don't know if I could live here. But um, listen, if I was on the show, I would have uh, respected that as well. I guess whatever it is, actors are retarded, and that's all the way it is. You know, then you hear about people like I guess I bought a patent. I'm thinking about. They when they would talk about George C. Scott and he was do these you know intense scenes and he was always playing cards beforehand. You know, it's like just act. You know, you I mean, again, you're not preparing to do the monologue from the zoo story. You know, you're just like, Mom, you never listen to me. Ah, uh, she's like, No, I love you. Hey, hey, it's a sitcom. You know, uh, just saying, you. Of course, we'll probably win an Emmy for it. Because that's what they do out there. Still, though, fascinating to watch. So this guy um, who's terrific, this Andrew Gordon took me around. He was so nice. So nice to do that. You know, he didn't have to do it. He spent a lot of time with me. And he used to work on this horrible show he was telling me about called Mystery Girls. Do you remember it? No, it was on ABC Family with Tori Spelling and Jenny Garth. And he says they suck. But this show sucks. Can you imagine having to write on this because you need Have a job? Have you been robbed, blackmailed, or framed for murder? Are you searching for a birth parent or a rare missing jewel? Then you need the Mystery Girls. We handle all types of cases. We specialize in undercover stakeouts. Like nurses. We'll solve your case. Stats. Or Vegas showgirls. Five, six, seven, eight. Hire us. Or sushi chefs. No case is too raw for us to handle. <laughs> We're located in Beverly Hills. You know the zip code. Now here's the number. 
Thank you, mystery girls. I'm Nick. Part out. I know, but how else am I supposed to get discovered? I mean, this face belongs in the movies, right? Hmm. Maybe if they remake Aladdin. <laughs> I'm so going viral. First time I've been excited to say that. Mark Knock. Hello. Did it just get 20% brighter in here? You like the tie? I'd loosen up with a pop of color. Oh, can you imagine having to work on that show? Can you imagine? Sometimes it's better to work where I work. Because I don't know if I could, I mean, he was, you know, this guy, you know, after next week, he's out of a job. He's got to go look again. I mean, if obviously he'll get a job. He was working on Modern Family before this one, and this is what these writers do. But this is what they do. Sometimes they get stuck. Would you please work on this Mystery Girls show? For, I mean, this poor guy, can you imagine? It's not his fault. This is, you know, he, this is his job. It's not supposed to be glam. Sometimes it's glamorous, and sometimes you get, you got to work and support your family. Oh, can you imagine? He was telling me, but he's like, oh, you heard the show. And I'm like, oh, oh, you poor dear. Oh, you poor dear. So anyway, then I spent some time with my uh, with Mitch Watson's wife, who's my friend Beth and her kids. I don't know. You know, it was nice to just do regular stuff after the Hollywood stuff, you know. And um, and she made her kids cucumbers and carrots and a little oil and i'm like oh i'm gonna start making that which i did so that was helpful but then i met my friend chris regan also from family guy who we've had in the podcast before um for uh dinner at a place called the mess hall so of course you know i uh had to i well if it's the captain's mess let him clean it up yeah well, I mean, I had to, right? Because I can't believe it was called the mess hall. And he goes, the mess hall? And he's like, yeah, it's called the mess hall. Anyway, we had a huge, oh, my God, I spent so, he he was kind enough to pay, which I didn't know he was going to, but uh, we had, like, oysters, and then I got another dozen oysters because they were delicious, and then we had ribs, and uh, it was really good. But I felt bad because I think the oysters were really expensive. So then I kind of dicked him over the way people usually dick me over. But I didn't do it on purpose. It just seemed like a good idea at the time. Plus, the national championship was on, but I didn't care because, you know, I was already out of the pool. The My pool at work was already finished because, you know, nobody predicted Texas Tech going to the national championship, even though they should have because they were the number three seed, but it wasn't the sexy pick. And so it was going on, and I didn't care. And the beauty about there, being out there, nobody does care about sports. They start at 6 o'clock. Nobody cares. So, you know, it started at 6 o'clock. We met at 6 o'clock. But then, you know, we were still at dinner for like two and a half hours. We're like three pints of beer in. And then I can see they have it on the TV. So I'm like, hey, um, he he wanted to go. I'm like, I got to stay and watch the end of this game. Because there were like two minutes left. And it was ridiculous. I don't know if you watched it, but it was. Out to the start of the Big 12 player of the year. On the ACC's top defender. In the paint. Puts it up for the lead. Unbelievable. Takes his time. this kid last seven points to the Red Raiders gotta go fast Jerome gives it up far side Hunter hits the three to tie it oh my goodness with 12 seconds remaining I mean how do you leave a bar I mean Chris clearly doesn't care about sports but Virginia ties it up you know they're the number one seed and remember their story 
They lost to the 16th seed. They lost within the the first, very first round of the tournament last year to a 16th seed. It had never happened before. They were the joke of college. It was humiliating. And then to come back and possibly win it all the next year, is that's the story that you know they're going to make the HBO movie about that. They're going to make another Hoosiers about that. You know what I mean? This is a story if they pull this off. And then with seven seconds left, Texas Tech is up at the last one. It could all come together. And this guy shoots a three to tie it. And they go into overtime and Virginia ends up winning. I mean, that is a story you don't leave a bar for. You want to see the ending. So had to stay. But it was, you know, so that was super fun. And, uh, you know, again, I was in a pretty good mood. So then I go over. Sarah's managers bought a new house. She wanted me to see it. And she, I'm like, well, I'll come over now because it's amazing you can go after the national championship is over and do and have a night. This is the beauty of Los Angeles or the West Coast is I don't got, you know, it's after the Super Bowl, I can go out and have a night. The Super Bowl ends at like 6, 6.30 there. 7 o'clock, you can go out for dinner. You can do stuff. The, the thing ended at 9 o'clock. You know, in, in New York, it's midnight already. and You're already screwed. It's a Monday. Here at 9 o'clock, I'm like, I can come over. She's like, you're so far. Everybody's like, you're so far. You're so far. And I'm like, shut up. I like driving. I'm not far. I just, they view it all differently. Like, I'm in Pasadena. I don't give a shit. I can be anywhere in 20 minutes. Nobody's seen Clueless? Everywhere in L.A. takes 20 minutes. So I go over. I want to see her house. And we go over. It's very nice. It's, not a, it's a townhouse. It's a townhouse. But it was very nice. Her and her boyfriend lived there. And, uh, and, and, and we have white Russians. And listen, apparently her uncle was a jazz artist back in the you know 60s and 70s. And he wrote these kind of, so this is what we were listening to. I'm impressed with my attorney, Bernie. I'm impressed with his influential friends. He's got very big connections and I follow his directions. Bernie knows his way around and so I always do what Bernie recommends. It's weird, but it sounds good. So we were listening to that the whole time and um but but you know he's like he's like, Do you want a, a white Russian? And of course I always uh, think of this scene and nobody seems to remember it. How do? Yeah. I'd like something to drink, preferably some vodka. Best have a black Russian. <laughs> black Russian. Yeah, that's from 48 Hours. Eddie Murphy, that's all I ever think about. Although I guess now, every, since I've never seen the Big Lebowski, don't get angry. I guess now everybody talks about that. But when everybody mentions a white Russian, I think of the black Russian. Ha ha. Eddie Murphy. It was amazing. In a clutch so there we are. We're just uh, sitting around like high-class people, uh, drinking white Russians, listening to some jazz music, having a conversation in a very nice apartment. It was lovely. But this seemed more New York than anything else. But it was, uh, it seemed classy. It was high class. It's classy. And it was record albums they put on, you know, on a turntable. It was kind of fun. But the best part is, and I think this is why she wanted a. Wait, you don't know this guy? I'm like, why the fuck would I know this guy? Why would I? Why? Why the fuck would I? Who the fuck are you, Arthur Godfrey? I don't know why I keep doing that. 
But why would I be interested in something like that? Why? Because he also wrote this song. Woo. You sure got to climb a lot of steps to get to this Capitol building here in Washington. Well, I wonder who that sad little scrap of paper is. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. Well, it's a long, long journey to the capital city. It's a long, long wait while I'm sitting in committee. But I know I'll be a law someday, at least I hope and pray that I will. But today I am still just a bill. Gee, Bill, you certainly have a lot of patience and courage. Well, I got this far. When I started, I wasn't even a bill. I was just an idea. Some folks back home decided they wanted a law passed, so they called their local congressman, and he said, you're right, there ought to be a law. Then he sat down and wrote me out and introduced me to Congress, and I became a bill. And I'll remain a bill until they decide to make me a law. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I got as far as Capitol Hill. Well, now I'm stuck in committee and I'll sit here and wait while a few key congressmen discuss and debate whether they should let me be alone. I hope and pray that they will, but today I am still just a bill. Fascinating. That goes on another minute and a half, too. But yeah, same guy, right? How cool is that? Because I was like, Wait, I thought that guy's name was Bob something. He goes, yeah, Bob Doherty. Uh, yeah, no, he he wrote it with him and stuff because I remember that guy because my sister and I went to go see him perform. I mean, it was the same as, you know, for us seeing uh, Andrea McArdle perform again, you know, and he sang all the other ones. But yeah, his her uncle wrote that one. His name is, uh, I think, David Frischberg, I think his name was. David Frischberg, I think. Uh, wait, I have it. Nope, I don't have it. It's, but I think it's David Frisch, but I think that was his name. I don't know. I'd never heard of him before. But yeah, you know, I like that good jazz music. It's nice, right? I mean, it's okay, right? I mean, it's no Mr. T and Tina. It's no Captain and Tennille, but it's okay. Hey, hey, listen. Hey. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We've been talking for about two hours, which is amazing. But obviously, I told you I had a lot to say and a lot to cover. And I don't know whether any of it, you know, I don't know how people listen to the show. I mean, the way I listen back, just to make sure that, you know, and decide, I'm like, well, I know I use the N-word, but I'll keep it in. It seems like it makes sense this time. Um, you know, I listen just to make sure everything works smooth. I certainly listen in chunks. I listen on my way to work. I listen on the way back and then try and listen to other podcasts or Howard Stern when I'm through. I assume that's the way everybody else listens. I don't know if, I mean, I know nobody can sit down and listen to two hours of a podcast in one sitting. But um, I don't know. You know, we just have a lot to say. What are you going to do? You got to say what you got to say. You got to do what you got to do. And then you go back and do something else. I mean, next week, what am I going to do? I, I could, could I split this in half? Sure, I could. But then next week, we got to talk about what's going to happen at the, at the the Catskills. You know, the last time I was at Kutcher's in the Catskills, that's when my dad wouldn't let me watch the $6 million man for the pilot. Am I going to talk about that? I don't know. My guess is it's not all Jews that understand the old school of kutchers and grossingers, but it's just a complete mix of people that are degenerate gamblers, which technically are my people. So I should kill better than anyone. But I don't know who goes up there. I don't know who would go to see anything during a first Seder or during Good Friday. I just don't understand it. But that is the case, and that is what's happening 
And that is, I guess, our show for today. So that's, you know. Oh, it's Sammy. Yeah, it could have. I was going to end on that seven rings, and I'm like, you know what? Uh, so, yeah, so next week we have to tell the story of that. And then, I don't know, I got to work some stuff out. And seems like there's a lot of stuff coming up, but I then I feel like there's nothing coming. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. You know, when I'm doing it, if I keep doing podcasts on Sundays, how am I going to get guests? You know, nobody wants to come up on a Sunday. Everybody's relaxed. They're relaxed. People relax. They do stuff. But that was a hell of a, a week, you would say, in L.A., right? Lots of activity, lots of things to do. That Thursday night alone, I was like, I don't think I can handle it. And that's the thing. I was like, let's say I, I wanted to start this early. I'm like, I need a nap. I've been up and about, and normally my life is just doing nothing. So it just goes in phases, I guess. But that is our show for today. We uh, certainly gave you all you can get for free in a podcast about nothing and yet about everything in the oddest podcast of all time, The Nightfly, with me, Dave Juskow. So uh, as this comes out on Tuesday, if you are in the Catskills at Resorts Casino, I believe that's what it's called, please come see me, Sarah Silverman, Beth Stelling, and Marina Franklin at the event center on Friday night, Good Friday, first night of Passover, Seder Day. Come see us Friday night. Otherwise, I will see you next Tuesday and let you know how it goes. Until then, enjoy your week, and everyone have a lovely Passover and a lovely Easter. And I'll see you next time on the Night Flag. Good night, everybody. You know I-